are you ready to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book? It's time to write your book. Welcome to the Write Hour, nonfiction tips from the Write Coach. And I'm Joyce Glass, your host. I am so glad you joined me today. Hello creatives, it's Joyce Glass with The Right Hour with episode 106. This week we're talking about After the Draft and we're interviewing my good friend Colleen Wheatmartian and she and I are going to discuss the four steps to prepare your book for publishing. She's going to share her writing journey as well as the three people you must hire to create a professional book. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Colleen, and then we'll jump into the interview. Colleen is a professional author assistant, business coach, professional speaker, and award-winning writer. Her motto is, the written word represents you and your brand, and what sets you apart from others is the clarity in your written word. Colleen holds workshops and speaks to groups on topics from how to begin writing to what steps to take once the words are on paper to what's the best way to publish and market your book, your article, or your blog. Colleen fell in love with the English language and literature in college when the professors allowed her creativity to shine. She challenges herself while working on client projects until she finds the perfect words for press releases, web pages, and edits in a book. One client told her she lowered her anxiety level from 100% down to zero. Another client informed Colleen the press release she wrote was the first one ever without any errors. Colleen's business blog is yourliteraryprose.com, and I'll have that link in the show notes. And her newest blog is 8coursemeal.com. So I'll also have that link in the show notes as well. It's a food blog where she and friends critique restaurants, no no chains, both local and while traveling. And she also shares healthy living recipes, family recipes, and more. So if you're interested in cooking some healthy recipes, sounds like a great place to check out. Colleen started writing blogs as a feature blogger for Cincinnati Bloggers, a local blogging mastermind group holding workshops and monthly speaking events for people to increase blog traffic, SEO, and more. For fun, Colleen takes part in a local walking club and participates in half marathons and started playing violin as an adult in 2015. Family means everything to her. And you can reach Colleen at colleen at yourliteraryprose.com. And I'll have again have that link in the show notes. Now for our interview. Hi everyone, I have Colleen Wheatmartian with me and today we're going to talk about after the draft, what's next. What do you do after you get that wonderful piece of work that you've been working so hard on and you've completed it? Well, Colleen and I are going to talk about that today, but first I wanted to hear a little bit about, so you get to know who my friend is, um, a little bit about Colleen and her background, her journey to writing and editing. Colleen, tell us a little bit about how you came into the writing world and started editing. Hi, thanks, Joyce. Thanks for having me. Oh, first of all, it goes back a long time. <laughs> I, uh, in school, I did not like writing and editing at all, but then I started my business about 22 years ago, and 
proofing became a very important part of my business. I was in the medical field. And so you could not be or have errors in your, in your medical documents. <laughs> it was very important not to have errors. And during that process, I became a virtual assistant and writing became my passion. It was kind of funny. Writing became my passion besides doing the proofing and editing for the medical doc, uh, doc, documents. And so anyway, I found a and b when my son went to college uh, several years later, and they had a writing group. And I decided to join the writing group. And I would travel down a couple hours every month and join this writing group. And these people had their writing and they were writing their books or books of poems or memoirs, whatever. And so I just started writing with them. And that's where my love of writing really developed. And I decided that I wanted to start writing books or journaling and doing that kind of thing. But editing really started when I became an editor. And it's so funny, or an editor for my business, but it's so funny. I would always open a book or the newspaper and I could always tell if something was spelled wrong or if the grammar wasn't right. It was just kind of like I was drawn to it. <laughs> Natural instinct, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, and you now run a business with your son. Tell us a little bit about the business that you do with your son, Peter. Okay, glad to. Well, Peter and I, when I rebranded the business, we rebranded the business about three years ago, and I became a professional author assistant. And what we do now is we help people grow their business to a position so that they are in a position that they can write, edit, and publish their book. Or not that they edit their book, but write, publish, and market their book. They can be in a position to, their business needs to be in a position so they can afford to do the things to write, publish, and edit their book. Because if you don't have the money to spend to do these things, your book won't sell and it it's hard to get it professionally done. And, if, and you want to have it professionally completed so that it will sell and you can at least get your ROI back, if not more money. <laughs> Correct. Yes, yes. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today is having it professionally completed. So, yeah. So I have worked with Peter and Colleen and we love working together. We've shared some clients. Um, Carmen, who is on our going to be on our next podcast, podcast number seven. Um, she is a joint client that we had worked with. And so you'll get to hear from Carmen on the next podcast. But on this one, so today we're going to talk about now you've written this manuscript. It's done. What in the world do you do next? A lot of people aren't sure after you, and this may be, you've just written the first chapter and you're not even sure like how to check over it. Because personally, what I like to do is go over each chapter and do what I call a soft edit. And I'll go through most of these steps for the soft edit. And then at the end, I do all of these steps. So the first one is you want to self-edit. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that everything in the content flow is good. You know, does all your content go into a, through a natural progression? Is your content easy to follow? Are you making a clear point in each chapter or are you off on a bunch of bunny rabbit trails, you know, going all over the place? Do you have a framework or writing outline that you are using to make sure that you are keeping to the point? Uh, Colleen, what do you do at this point with you're helping someone with editing? Uh, 
what do you suggest to them on this self-editing session here as far as content flow? Well, it's really interesting that you bring this up and we're talking about this today, uh, Joyce, because we're actually helping an author right now edit their book. And he went through the original self-editing process and then he sent it to us and we did some editing for him and we sent it back to him. And he said, wow, I self-edited and I thought I did a pretty good job, but the <laughs> stuff that you're sending me back, I realized that I didn't edit it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter, Peter gave a very good description about what it is. Authors, what happens is authors are so close to the book and right. to what they're doing that they don't really understand that maybe what they're writing is they don't understand that the reader isn't following what they're saying because they're so close to it, if that makes sense. Right. So, you know what you're saying. You know what you're trying to say. It makes sense to you, but it, someone else is like they're walking in the middle of a conversation and they have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. And Peter gave an example to me and he said, like, he was, he's a music major. Okay. So he said, it's like he was teaching beginning students the saxophone. Mm -hmm. He said the saxophone, the easiest note to play is an A. So he mm -hmm. said if he was writing a book, he would say, okay, play an A. Well, if people were just learning, they wouldn't know how to play an A. So if he was writing the book and he said, okay, play an A, people wouldn't know what the A was unless he explicitly was clear on that and said exactly where the A was, which position on the finger you needed to play it, people, you know, the author needs to step back and say, this is exactly what you need to do. So they have to remove themselves as if they were the reader and step back and, and yes. do it in progression. And that's sort of what this author did. And he realized that, uh, I think we're on the third edit now of his book. And he's realized that he, he has kind of done that. And so what we try to tell the authors in their self-edit, if they do it, you know, if they do a self-edit or they're having a beta team do it, that is do your self-edit, but try to put yourself in the place of a reader. Yes. And make sure that it's flowing and it's making sense to the reader as if they were reading the book and you didn't, you were the reader and you didn't know anything about. Right. Like you had no reading. clue about this explain it to me step by step. Yes. That's exactly. an excellent point that you definitely need to keep your reader in mind as you're writing. And maybe, you know, for the first draft, not, don't stress about that. But when you, that's what editing is about, go back and go, okay, well, I said this, but I'm not explaining where this came from. So I need right. to go back and explain this. So that's what you're saying, right? Exactly. You don't write. Just write in the beginning. Just write. Don't even worry about your self-edit first. You know, just write and then go back and self-edit, whether it's the first chapter or you decide to write two or three chapters, whatever that is. Don't even worry about the self-editing because that really can slow some some authors down. Right, right. Because you're so worried about getting it correct or in the right voice or everything just so. Right, and that can slow some authors down, and it, it, they'll get into a flow. Most authors will get into a flow after they've started writing, and they'll say, oh, okay, this works for me better, and I won't self-edit until I've written three chapters or two chapters. Right. Or maybe every chapter is going to be better, but get into a flow first, and then 
they'll find out what's better for them. Right, right. That's exactly it. So then the next thing, once you know your flow is doing good, because that's your content, then you're going to take a closer look at grammar and spelling. Now, if you are not good at grammar and spelling, I do suggest something like Grammarly or I just found something called um, Pro uh, Pro Tip or something like that. I'll have to, I'll put it in the show notes. But anyways, it will help you find things, but it is not an editor. Editor. It is, it will help pull things out that you see things that you may have missed and it'll make you think, Ooh, I might want to reword this or add this because it'll make suggestions, you know, that this is an unclear antecedent. And if you have no idea what an unclear antecedent is, it will explain to you what an unclear antecedent is. <laughs> so that's the beauty of those things. Grammarly and those like them, I think there's other one, another one called Hemingway. Is it another one called Hemingway? Mm -hmm. um, those are great for helping you find things, but they are not a complete editor. They're good to bring up some points and to help you, but do not, don't say, Oh, I ran it through Grammarly. It's edited. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Colleen, you can't see her. She's shaking her head so vigorously. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, and we've had many conversations about this. So it's kind of like fingernails on the chalkboard for us. Don't just depend on that. It's a tool to help, but it is not your editor. Um, but and if you don't know grammar properly, you know, use that as a tool or maybe try to do some things where you learn some things, learn about grammar better. You can Google. And for a while I was doing a grammar lesson once a month. I have since switched from doing that. So you'll find some grammar lessons on my website, therightcoach.biz. But you just find there's, you can Google anything about the English language. And the other thing is Chicago manual style manual of style. If I say that slow enough, I know that didn't probably sound right. <laughs> Chicago manual of style. It is the Bible for all kinds of things, grammar, citations, uh, what all else is in there. The thing is it's sitting behind me. It's thick. <laughs> um, it helps with all that, right, Colleen? Right. And it will do the APA, depending on what style you're using, the APA style, the um, Oxford referencing anything it'll it'll yes. do. And can I jump in here and say something real quick about yes, grammar? We are actually doing this edit for this man right now, and we 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 call this part of it proofing the proofing process of the book. Mm -hmm. And we've actually leave that till the very end when the entire manuscript has been edited. Mm -hmm. And I actually I am going through as we're editing now, and if I see a grammar problem I will fix it now because that saves time when you do go back but if you're not a grammar or grammar expert <laughs> the if they're not glaring at you yeah if they're not glaring at you always always make sure you have someone proof it at the end after it's been uh, after it's been edited thoroughly because things will be missed 90% of the time things yes. will be missed and and people will want to make sure that you go through it and, and find all those commas and those uh, missing colons and that kind of thing. So that's, right. that's my suggestion. Right. And again, what I would say, this is a soft edit. So yes. yeah, if you grant, if you go through Grammarly it would be good because it's going to catch some things, but like I said, it's not everything. 
Um, but that will help you. And then you may learn some common mistakes because I like Carmen, there was a couple of mistakes that she'd made over and over again that we, we worked on and she knows like passive voice was one of her favorites. <laughs> and you know, that's just learning to speak in a different technique. She, her background was in nursing and passive voice was normal there mm -hmm. and because the medical field, but for writing a story, Passive voice is not good. That's boring. You don't want passive voice. So you need to just learning those techniques too. And so, you know, either having a writing coach or editing editor helping you along the way may save you some frustration in the long run. Right. So the other thing to make sure is you're using words in their proper context. Um, so you cite. There's site like we can see, S-I-G-H-T. There's a website, S-I-T-E. Um, you know, it's in plain sight, S-I-G-H-T. So you're going to Google their site, S-I-T-E. God gives us site, S-I-G-H-T. Make sure you're using words. And there's a lot of words in the English language that sound similar or sound exactly the same but are spelled completely different and have different meanings. And another one that always, now this one still confuses me and I still have to look up and think about sometimes is effect and effect. There's something is effective and something affects you, right? Make sure I got that right with Colleen because I always have to think about that one. I used to too. I mean, I do too. And sometimes if I'm tired, I'll, I'll say, okay, which one is that? <laughs> And if you kind of make up a little sentence like that, it will help you remember which way is the right way. But if not, that's what Google's for, people. Google's wonderful. So Google it. What's the difference? And I actually do have a blog post on my website about the difference between them. And then you want to find the best words to use. Now, this is when you're really refining it. If you're just doing a soft edit, you don't necessarily want to go this deep into editing for a soft edit. But when you're, get, you're finished with your book, and you are ready to, you know, getting it ready to send to the publisher, then you want to make sure that you're using the most powerful words and the best words. And one of the things that's a little pet peeve of mine is that is not that necessary, at least 98.99% of the time. Um, there's a few occasions that that is, is appropriate and it works, but most of the times it is just a filler when we're speaking in language and there's usually you can take it out completely and the sentence makes perfect sense still because we use that like we said it's a filler in talking it's and usually it's because we're not going to sit around and look up at the source and go let me find the best word that i'm trying to say right now you know <laughs> you just fill it in with that and keep going right mm -hmm. but when you have time in your writing and you want the most powerful word then you choose one um, I recommend PowerThesaurus.org. Is there a, a website that you use for looking up words, Colleen? I go to thesaurus.com usually, but I have used PowerThesaurus.org also. Yeah, so either one of those is good. What are some of your pet peeve words that when you're reading, whether for editing or just naturally reading throughout your day, that oh, bother you? That. we. God love the person we're doing now. Um, they... Uh, did that about a million times in the book <laughs> and I was crossing it out and when he sent it back the first time he goes oh so I guess I've 
I guess that isn't a good word to use. And I said, well, normally there's something better you can do. <laughs> it was so funny. And I, it was just funny. But that is probably the most uh, irritating word for me, only because <laughs> there is a better word you can use. Or get and got. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I think that's because when I took business English in college, and I know business English isn't really writing English unless you're writing a nonfiction book. My professor said that the that those words are lazy writing. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. what I that's what I associate get and got to. And yeah. so I whenever I see those words, I'm immediately going to the thesaurus or trying to think of a different word to use. Right. Because if you get something, that means you've received it. Right. Um, what's another word? You it, you know, it was given to you, whatever. Yes. yes. Um, you know, I received a raise. I received a promotion. Uh -huh. um, I got, it's the same thing. I received, I was given, whatever. There's a better, stronger word. It depends on the sentence. And usually if you look at the sentence and you find a verb that is action, mm -hmm. it will fit there. Right. What right. are you just think? Look at the sentence. What are you talking about? Okay, what's the action going on that you can say? Mm -hmm. Is it something being handed it to you, or is it something that was given to you? You know, I was endowed with. I was blessed with. Whatever. You know? Right. Right. Exactly. There's other options. So when you get to what I call, you're really digging down to make this manuscript beautiful sparkle and shine and give it to the publisher mm -hmm. then that's when you want to be looking for these strong words if you're just doing a soft edit don't stress over that right right, right. Now. yeah so we agree on that we, we agree on most of these things here yeah and the next thing so the first thing is your self edit and that's so and which includes your content flow checking grammar and spelling and then making sure you're using powerful words and the right words and then the next thing is formatting properly. Now, when you format your book, there's a couple of standards that you want to follow now. One of the new standards that a lot of people don't know, and I don't do you have people not know this that you work with, there's only one period after a sentence now. Have you had that? Yeah, actually right now, if they're self-publishing, Actually, we don't worry about the formatting right now if we're working with a book designer down the road. Mm -hmm. The book designer will take care of that. However, if I do come across it, I will <laughs> I'll take it out because I know that's the rule now. Yeah, right. right. Well, but yeah, if you educate them, you try to educate them on what you can educate them on and what they'll pay attention to. Right. And so, well, for me, and I'm just saving people time, I did not know that when I wrote my first book. Mm -hmm. And I found out when I was in the editing process and had to go back and delete the one space. Mm -hmm. Took hours. And I would just, I would like put some music on or have the TV going, watching something and go through. And I could only handle doing about a chapter or so at a time because it is, <laughs> it's mind numbing. Do you know there's a shortcut for that? I do now. Oh, now I you did do. not. Did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, love you. I was watching something recently, and Jerry Jenkins did it. And I'm like, well, dang. It's been helpful if somebody told me that. Oh, gosh. 
Um, but no, I did not know that then. But there is a way to do it. And so just um, Google it, how to remove a space or what's it, was it called? Um, what's well, Alt-EF if you're in Word, you know, replace. Find or what is it called? Yeah, replace and find or replace find, replace. Find. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you Google replace and find, it will tell you how to do it. Right. Uh, if you're not sure how to do it. Um, because if I could tell you right now, but without being able to show you, it probably wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. So, um, but then the next thing is subtitles. You want them to, all to be the same font. And if you're doing, maybe you're doing a different font. We don't always recommend that for your subtitles, but if you're doing a different font, make sure that it's a, you know, whatever the different font is for your subtitles and then your titles are all the same font and they're all the same size. And you wanna make sure you have subtitles because it just helps break up the text. You know, when you, you're reading a book or even a blog post, it's easier to scan through and then people know what to expect if they go thumbing through your book at like at a bookstore or you know, either you're somewhere where you're selling your books and someone picks up your book and flips through it and they see those subtitles, they can kind of scan and see what your book's about. And that's a good way for them to be able to engage. So make sure you have subtitles and that you have them um, properly formatted. And that's the other thing, you wanna make sure you use the same font throughout your entire book. Uh, what is your thought on fonts, Colleen? Oh, fonts, uh, you, I believe, if you use a font in a, in a book or a, a blog, stick to the, branding of your site and use no more than two. Mm -hmm. I would say if you use a, one font for your headings, that's fine. And then the, the, another for your body is fine, but don't use more than two. Right. And also for your book, I also, we just leave it up to the designer, what, sh what her thoughts are because they're the professional. Mm -hmm. uh, if the person is doing it themselves Again, I would not go with any more than two because that's the standard. You stick with the two fonts because it gets too crazy for people. Right, it's distracting. It's, right, right. It's, it's very distracting. distracting. Um, so you don't want to have more than the two fonts is what Colleen and I both recommend, on, especially on that. And that's normal across the board for a lot of things. I mean, we were just talking before it got started because I'm still working on the artwork for the podcast and Colleen and I were talking, one of them I had three fonts and I really think it's too busy. And she agreed. And so, you know, you just, you gotta think simpler is better. One font's great, two font, if you, one for titles and subtitles and one for the body, that's great too. So, and then the next thing, and this is Colleen's favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> hire a professional editor for all of our sakes your readers sakes our sakes just think you are not only helping out your readers you are helping the economy at large <laughs> okay you are and they're helping themselves exactly because you're helping yourself definitely if they're putting a book out and imagine this if they're putting a book out and they are going to do a series of books, say it's three or five series books, uh, you know, books in a series. Right. And what if their first, first book is put out and they didn't have the money to spend on a professional or they chose not to hire a professional editor 
and there were so many mistakes in it or the graphic, you know, the design was terrible. Do they think people are going to buy the second, third, fourth, and fifth book in the series? I mean, think about that really. I, I don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I mean, either. I, there, there has been a book that I, a couple of them I picked up that it was so horrible, the writing, mm -hmm. that I couldn't stand it because I was wanting to edit the whole way through. That's right. And it, that might sound harsh, but it's so true. And it, they have to think, people need to think about their professional image because your book is a business. Right. Unless it's a memoir, I know people have said lately, well, what if it's a memoir? If it's a memoir, they're just giving it to their family. I'm not talking about memoirs here. I'm talking about a professional book. And this is a person's business. A book is a business. And it's their professional image they're putting out there. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. Right. So you want to make sure you use a professional editor for your sake first, for the sake of your readers. Um, and just, you know, if you ever want to be traditionally published, then that's the other thing. If you have a really clean, good book, a traditional publisher may put, pick up your next book because they're like, well, dang, they did really good on that other book. You know, if they check you out or, you know, maybe it goes viral, you know, well, it's probably very highly unlikely it's going to go viral if it's horrible. So <laughs> if you have it, like Colleen said, it's professionally done and it's worth the investment. And we even, I, I say this, and I think Colin agrees, you can let me know, even if that delays your launch date because you need to save money to hire an editor, it is worth it. An editor, I know, can be anywhere, and you're thinking, well, how much is an editor? Well, it depends on your book size and how well you did or didn't write, and also what kind of editing, because there's different kinds of editing. There's comprehensive editing, there's copy editing, so there's all kinds of different things you want um, that to look at. But in general, I'm just going to give some general numbers just so you have an idea, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to vary from person to person. It can be anywhere from $1,500 to four, five, $6,000 for editing, just depending upon what kind of editing you're doing, how big is your book, how much they have to work on the book. Some editors charge by hour, some give flat fees. It just depends. And so you save, save. It is worth it to save and have a professional. Colleen, what are your thoughts? It's absolutely one of the things when we were working together last year, that one of the three things we said people must save for to have a professional book is, is a professional editor because it's, like I said, it's their reputation on the line. And even if people go with a traditional publisher, they need to have, a, did I say, a, I said a professional. Yes, you said. They have to have their book edited and it needs to be in the best edited format before they even send it to the publisher. The publisher is not even going to look at it. Because the publisher doesn't have time to edit it. They'll send it to an editor there, but their editors don't have time anymore to edit the book. So you want it to be in the best format, in the best edited format before you even send it to a traditional publisher. Right. And if you are a new writer seeking a publisher for the first time, they want a full manuscript 
and you do not want to give them something half edited or half done because it's not gonna it's not gonna be professional and like she said they don't always edit as much or um, as you may have by having someone professionally edit it they're gonna look for maybe you know they might look for your grammar and your spelling but your content flow is all crazy you know and hopefully if you're the traditional publisher is picking you up they would let you know hey <laughs> this isn't good but they may not I don't know you know so you need to make sure it is the best it can possibly be and that's why hiring as much as I would love you as my client I would much rather have if we're coaching you I'd much rather have you as an editing client and catch you there if I can't coach you and Colleen edits as well her and Peter both as she's been talking about you need a professional editor period any writer that you can think about that is you know New York Times bestseller they did not just spit that thing out and it was beautiful <laughs> it took time and refining to get to that point so if you are self-publishing there are three things that we recommend that you pay for graphic designer for the book cover and any what I call incidentals which would be like if you want to have a bookmark or I did a bookmark and a postcard with mine and I had the designer design those um, anything like that you want the graphic designer to do sure you could go into one of these little programs and make a cover and it will look like you made a cover just I'm, I'm just saying don't you agree Colleen exactly and they say and it is true I've done the research people do judge a book by its cover within the first 15 to 30 seconds when they're looking at it. yes and, and you need to also think about this when they're looking at these little thumbnails at Amazon mm -hmm. if it's not catching their eye then they're not going to stop to look at it unless you've got some kind of amazing title that maybe catches them uh, but typically people are going to be looking at the covers to see if it's something that they want and like she's like Colleen said yes you judge a book by its cover they do whether people say they don't <laughs> they do <laughs> so and then the second thing is a professional editor and we said like we said there's different kinds of editing and if you want um, a little more information on that well uh, how Colleen why don't you tell us about the different kinds of editing that you provide as well as that are out there okay well we do the whole gamut of editing <laughs> we want right. to help you with whatever your goals are whatever whatever stage you're at we help you through the entire editing process from like right now what we are doing is helping this person uh, they handed us the draft of their book so we're helping them go through the flow Peter's very good at helping if the flows not correct going back and saying hey this needs to move be moved over here you're not explaining this right or uh, add add more detail here because you're not explaining what the reader the readers not going to understand mm -hmm. that this is complete so we do complete editing throughout the book and then also like I said I'm a I, I proof to I'm a grant grammar person <laughs> where I can pick up the all the all the proofreading stuff the grammar and the that kind of editing so whatever editing you need we mm -hmm. can do 
Um, I love it. That's yeah. my passion, which is kind of funny because yeah. I so the proof editing. <laughs> how is that separate? How, what kind of editing is proof editing? Oh well, proof editing. The who. Oh, the proof editing is the entire gamut of the book from beginning to end. Uh, that's what we call it. The copy editing, the it's line for line, you know, okay. section for you're, section. You're doing everything. Everything. And then copy editing is just your grammar, punctuation. Yeah, we call it, it copy editing or copy proofing. It's really two different things. Mm -hmm. um, we call it more proofreading. That part, the grammar and the uh, uh, spelling. The Sentence structure. Sentence structure. We call that more proofing than um, is copy editing. The copy editing and editing we kind of put together, and then the proofreading we put as a separate separate entity. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's what so we those do. are the different kinds. So research them. Reach out to me or Colleen. We do both of us do both kinds of editing, um, and you know, save for it. It's worth it. And then the last thing is professionally formatting the book to and what that entails is, and like I actually paid my publisher, the first one I used to format my book because I didn't know how, you know, when you type in word or pages, it prints out on an eight and a half, 11 sheet. If your my book was a five by nine. So I did not know how to put that into a PDF format. So they did that. So it looked right. And that, you know, the pages were, everything was done right. That's what a formatting person does. They're making sure that it's the, whatever size book you choose to print, that the print text will fit in that size book. And then they're going to go through and they will make sure, you know, if there's any images, they're in the right place. Titles are in the right place. You know, the missing periods, I mean, missing spaces or extra spaces between, uh, Paragraphs, sentences. There we go. <laughs> Get it out. I'm sitting here pointing at my computer with Colleen like she knows what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, but anyways, that's what a professional formatting person does. And they make it beautiful for you. And if you want those, I will see if I can find some recommendations um, on that. I think Colleen has somebody, right, that you could, I could put on the show notes. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay, that we can add. Um, there's somebody else that I know. I need to make sure she's still doing it. So uh, we'll have a couple of people that you can check out with that resource. But also what I'm going to do is I will do a PDF with these notes here on that we've talked about today called After the Draft, What's Next? with all these steps so that you can have a checklist that you can go through every time you're doing your soft edit. And then when you get to your final edit so that you'll have that for you. So Colleen, in closing, is there anything else that you would suggest to a new writer or an experienced writer when they're completed with their book that you would want to tell them? Well, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when they're done writing their manuscript and they're ready to go, I think it's just important to make sure they have a plan. If they haven't written out a marketing plan, that's important. It's so important to have a, a, a plan, a marketing plan to go forward. If they haven't written out their goals for what it is they want to accomplish for their book, make sure that they they go back and, and check out a plan and so that they know what their goals are, what's their end goal for the book. You know, do they want to just send it 
or just, you know, do they want to make their ROI? Do they want to do a book tour? Find out exactly what it is they want for their book so they, that they can make their goals and discover that a self-published book, if that's the route they're going, can be as professionally done as a tra traditional published book. Yes. That's, that's find the people that can help you. And there are professionals out there that can help you and, and, and do your homework and don't get scammed by vanity publishers who might take advantage of you. Right. That's right. so important. Right. And I know that's probably another whole episode, but just give us a brief definition of a vanity publisher for someone who's new to writing who may have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. A vanity publisher will say they are a self-publisher, which they're a self-publishing company. However, they will ask uh, an author who has been turned down by several traditional publishers and they will say, we'll give you, sign on this, sign this contract and we'll give you $25,000 or no, no, yeah, we'll give, no, you pay us $25,000 and we'll guarantee you get a, you're a bestseller and we'll do the work for you. However, they, after they do that, many people have become scammed. They've, be, they've gotten scammed by that. Mm -hmm. First of all, now, when you self-publish your book, you can set up your own self-publishing company. You do not need to go through a vanity self-publishing company. Right. You should never pay a self-publishing company any money, any money like that <laughs> to guarantee you that they will make you a, a bestseller. First of all, right. they cannot guarantee you that. Right. And second of all, yes, you are going to have to pay someone like a project manager or someone like Joyce and I to help you. However, that's for tasks that are outlined and given to you and saying it will cost you this much to edit. It will cost you this much for a book cover. It will cost you this much. Okay. These vanity publishers will say they will do things, but then you'll never most likely hear from them again. A lot of them have you sign on the dotted line and then you know, they're supposed to help you with marketing. You don't hear from them again about marketing. They say they'll help you with printing. They'll get you in bookstores. Vanity publishers, unless they know what to do, cannot get you in a bookstore. There's a certain process that you have to do in order to get in a bookstore. Mm -hmm. That doesn't even mean getting you on a bookstore shelf. So that's why people need to do their homework and ask their questions before they go to a vanity yeah. publisher. And I'm not downing, I'm not downing all vanity publishers. I'm just saying. Be, beware. Beware and do your homework. Yes. Beware that you're, you're working with someone reputable, ask for recommendations from past clients. Um, yeah, I think that will be another great episode for the next season um, as we can do that. And um, Shayla is really passionate about that too, that maybe we could, three of us could get on and we can talk about that, Shayla Raquel. Yeah. And talk about vanity publishing. And But now Colleen and Peter with their company called Your Literary Pros, they actually will help you through that marketing and publishing process. And they take you step by step and they're not promising you the world. They're just saying, okay, to self-publish, this is the next step. This is the next step to market. Now, this is your marketing plan. Correct. 
Correct. We we look at it right now as uh, we're a project manager. Like we can we can oversee the entire process for them mm-hmm. and keep things on task for what the, their goal is, what their needs are, and help them through whatever their goals are to reach publishing and marketing of their book. Right. And every what we like to say is nothing is cookie cutter. It's up to each individual author of what they want, and we help them foresee that in a project management way. Right. So you customize a plan for each client. We customize a plan for each client, and we have people in our community that we trust and that that help us get the project done for the people. Correct. Graphic designers, book coaches, book planners, you know. Right. Things that all the different people you write, you can bring together. Great. Yeah. Great experts. Yeah. So if you need help while you're writing the book, that's what I do. I'm the right coach. If you need help editing the book, Colleen and I both edit. And then when you're done with the book, Colleen and Peter love to help you through the whole process of getting that out to the world, the publishing, the marketing, that, um, setting those things up for you and getting everything in place. So those are the things to do. So, well, Colleen, I appreciate you being on here on today. It's good to catch up with you. We have not had a chance to talk in months um, other than occasional here and there on Facebook message or text or something. Yeah. So it has been great catching up with you. Well, thanks for having me. It was great finding and seeing you again and being on your show. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on the Rhine Hour, nonfiction tips from the Rhine Coach. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen on your favorite app each week. Leave a review and let others know how they can learn about the craft and business of writing. It's time to write your book. Music